Bloomberg Radio. From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you. Tis a Tuesday morning as we bring information and entertainment for the perspicacious and percipient folks. Jack Harris and Katie Bacino and James Berlander all on board. And, of course, you can be a part of it at 800-969-9352. And you can text us at 82945. Just begin your text with the call letters WFLA. And, again, you're going to have to explain it here, James. What's our other way of doing this? Yeah, the newest way of contacting us is our TalkBack feature using the free iHeartRadio app. You could download it on your app store and stream News Radio WFLA, and you could also send us a message. So when you're streaming News Radio WFLA, there's going to be a little microphone on the app. You click it uh, or, or tap it on your phone, and then you could send us a 30-second message, and it comes right to us. Yeah, we got some good messages yesterday. So um, if you have something you'd like to talk about, go to your iHeartRadio app and send that information to us. Click the microphone. You can even send us jokes. Oh, yeah. We definitely could use the jokes. (laughs) By all means. By the way, this is interesting. Spain's leader has proposed an energy-saving move that a lot of men have already embraced. The Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez has asked government officials and people working in the private sector to save energy by giving up wearing neckties at work. He was at a news conference in an open neck white shirt and blue jacket. I don't know why he had a jacket on, but he explained he addressed less formally, not as a nod to the casual Friday custom, but to curb utility use, uh, presumably air conditioning, but he didn't spell that out. But he said, I'd like you to note I'm not wearing a tie. That means that we can all make savings from an energy point of view. And uh, he encouraged his ministers and public officials not to wear a tie anymore. And they say Spain has been sweltering for more than a month with temperatures in part of the country, often 104 degrees and higher. And they've urged people to reduce electricity costs by not overusing their air conditioning. But this is something interesting they're doing. We had a campaign here, and it apparently didn't work, but on the morning show years ago, called the tie one off get rid of neckties this is after i'd been to hawaii for the second or third time and if you go to hawaii downtown honolulu which is the capital you'll never see men wearing coats and ties well yeah they wear hawaiian shirts never a tie you don't see a tie anywhere in hawaii i'm gonna do it jack well, men are downright stupid for that. I mean, women are bad enough wearing all the crazy things they wear. I mean, really idiotic stuff. But for men, the one really dumb thing they do is, well, suits and ties. I mean, they wear jackets when it's 
92 degrees or something like that, and that's crazy. But ties are really dumb. Tie this thing around your neck. First of all, it's hard to do it. And then secondly, it chokes you. You know what's that? I had to download an app to teach me how to tie a tie. And it's still, I could never get it right. Oh, I've been, I knew how to tie them. Well, I used to have to wear them a lot on TV and stuff like that. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah, definitely that. But we shouldn't wear them. We should be like Honolulu. We're promoting tourism here. Come here and relax and enjoy life. And then put on a stinking tie. Ties are evil. They are. I don't know why we don't do what they've done in Hawaii. First of all, we need to create Florida shirts. And I've thought about shirts that are very comfortable, short sleeve with uh, seabirds on them pictures of seabirds you know what's sad i see women wearing ties are women wearing ties yeah. now that's dumb enough anyway i'm sure katie has seen it you know the 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 gothic scene or yeah. the punk rock scene yeah it's oh not for me Lord. but i i've definitely seen it i'm not wearing any ties especially not with the passion you have for the hatred of them i feel like i need to be anti-tie now we need to start a campaign or something we do need to call the tie one off campaign there we go i like it my Lord. Anyway, it's 11 minutes after 5. At least the guy and the leader there has got a brain. Get rid of the neckties. It's 5.11, and time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Chris Trickman in here from the newsroom. And uh, Chris, first of all, do you wear ties? Not anymore. Good. That's good. You've tied one off. Yeah, I tied one off. I got a bunch on the floor of my closet. Smart man. Yeah. So if anybody wants one, I, I can I can provide you one for free. I've, I've got one of those little turning tie things, and I must have about 30 ties. I have one of those, too. Yeah, I used to have to wear them on TV and stuff like that. That was a great thing because, you know, that way you didn't have to, like, you know, have them in a pile or something. and have to get through them but yeah it's you know in florida it just doesn't make a lot of sense does it i know that's crazy that's what we were talking about and if you've ever been to hawaii honolulu the capital and you go down there where the law offices and courts and everything else are you never see a tie everybody is wearing hawaiian shirts that's it. wearing lays i guess right it makes all the wait a minute sense in the world i thought jack lord wore a tie uh, you know, he may have on a TV show, but he was in a place where nobody else did. <laughs> yeah, I think the Hawaii Five O guy wore a tie. So at least there's one guy on the uh one the guy with a tie and you got all those people walking around who spend all their time in Honolulu saying, What's that thing around his neck? That's right. <laughs> he had some cool sunglasses too. <laughs> So there is a meeting today to figure out what to do after the Artemis One rocket launch was scrubbed on Monday morning. And it comes as the next launch window won't open before Friday. The mission manager refused to take a guess on whether that launch could actually happen. So they are going through every bit of information they can to figure out whether they can get this thing up safely uh, within either Monday or Friday. But unfortunately, the weather forecast is worse on both those days than it was yesterday yeah the rain and everything and they were saying that even with the technical problems say they didn't have any of those yesterday the weather would have still been a threat because if you saw as the launch window was opening clouds were, were rolling in over the cape yeah and when's the last time you remember a rocket launch taking off when it was supposed to 
Oh yeah, Jack. That's that's the one of the ongoing frustrations for folks who like to watch those things. Going out to the Cape and uh, waiting around, and then it gets canceled. And there were and they, thousands of people oh, out there yeah. yesterday to watch it. And Absolutely, they didn't get it, and that's the reason we don't go over and watch them anymore. Because they're, I mean, just think if Earth travel was like space travel. Yeah, and like, um, well, I'm gonna go to dinner tonight at seven. Wait, I postponed it till nine. Well, I'm not going to have dinner till in the morning at four. <laughs> That's right. You know, I they keep talking also about these rocket launches. Like, yeah, we're on the verge of having a moon base, and then it's off to Mars. And I'm thinking <laughs> they can't. They can barely get this thing off the ground, and it is so difficult. So many potential problems. I mean, this idea that we're going to have people going up and down uh, from here to the moon. Uh, in our lifetime, just is, you know, it, it's uh, science fiction. It's yeah. fantasy land. You know, people today complain about their airplanes being an hour late taking off or something like that. Yeah. Imagine if you're, uh, well, I got a trip to Mars lined up here this afternoon. And, yeah. uh, whoops, it's not going to go till Friday. Imagine the complaints on that, you know. <laughs> the, the, the complaint hotline would just be blown up. It would. So it's been a year since the last U.S. military flight left Afghanistan. The final departure came days after then. President of Afghanistan, his wife, and his senior aides all fled the country because the Taliban took over. It also followed an attack at the Kabul airport that killed 13 U.S. service members. The withdrawal brought to an end almost 20 years of American military involvement in the country, which uh, happened because of the 9-11 attacks. Yeah, and but looking back at those 13 killed, if you remember that, that really shouldn't have happened. I mean, they shouldn't have been there without the proper protection and everything. And that was just tragic that these guys, again, died unnecessarily. Yeah, the end of these events, Jack, have just terrible pictures. You know, you remember the uh, transport plane taking off and all those people hanging onto the side. Oh, yeah. That was brutal. It, you know, goes back to the days in Vietnam. You know, the airlift out of there wasn't pretty either. And, uh, you know, there was also another incident where we attacked what we thought were terrorists and ended up being uh, aid workers. Yeah. You know, that wasn't good either. They have been an awful lot of innocent people killed unknowingly. That's right. And here we are a year later, and the Taliban are in charge, and the country has famines, uh, they have food shortages, their economy is a disaster, and women's rights and everything else uh, have been turned back. So it's it's just been a bad scene uh, yeah. for Afghanistan. They're, they're definitely not moving forward over there. So a federal judge holding a hearing on Thursday to appoint a special master for President Trump to review documents seized from the Mar-a-Lago resort. That is a third-party attorney appointed by a court to oversee certain aspects of the case. Trump has asked for the court to block the Department of Justice from looking through material, although I believe the Justice Department and the FBI said they've already looked through a lot of material already. Yeah. So maybe too late to stop that. Yeah, and so much of it is now redacted, it's unbelievable. Yeah, so they that's right. They released the, uh, the affidavit that led to the search warrant, and uh, they had to redact a lot of things that's... Uh, were considered sensitive, you know, things that may relate to the investigation and possibly people involved with that. Uh, but, of course, that just brings up more questions about the whole details of the investigation. Yep, for sure. 
Well, we'll hear more from Chris coming up here in nine minutes at the bottom of the hour. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jack. It's 521. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. 526 on AM Tampa Bay, and we are looking down the barrel of a Labor Day weekend. An awful lot of people have Monday off. You all have Monday off, I hope. Yes, we do. Thank goodness. You all really deserve it. Get to sleep in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I hope I didn't just speak for myself and James has to work, so no, I'm glad no, you do I'm, have the day yeah. off. <laughs> now, I already checked on James. I heard from him. Good. But uh, it is Labor Day weekend as we celebrate the folks who help make America great. I'm going to Gaylord Palms this week, and I've never been over there in Kissimmee. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. I looked at I had no idea how big that place was. I looked at it online, and I was like, wow. I won it in a contest here at work. I yeah, stay there. We've stayed there a couple of times, and it is really a great place. And they've got lots of interesting things to see inside. It looks like it. It looks really cool, and there's restaurants there. I don't feel like I'm going to have to leave the resort, which is nice. Oh, you don't. Very exciting. That's for sure. But if you want to, you go to downtown Kissimmee. That's Always fun. Well, I tell you, Celebration is where you want to go. That's an incredible little Disney town Hmm, nearby. Might have to go out and explore. I know this is so random, but I love the uh, McDonald's down there on International Drive. Have you ever been to that huge McDonald's there? I've been by it a bunch of times. I haven't been in there. It's the you, biggest McDonald's in the world, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is the biggest McDonald's ah. in the world. There's like an arcade in there, but you can get like pasta and pizza. It's a whole kitchen in there. It's it's very different. Well, you'll have to tell tell us all about it Tuesday. I will. Yeah, we're staying in town, but the following weekend, then we're off and running as Joy visits more places doing stuff for her book. <laughs> that book is, I've been reading stuff she's done already. That's a great Florida history book. I'm learning a lot about Florida just reading all about it because she not only talks about these old churches and everything, but how they came about and how these towns came about and all that kind of stuff. It's good stuff. I'm really excited for her to put it out because every time I see you guys out and about, because for some reason you and I run into each other in random cities when you guys are out doing these churches, she always has the coolest stories about where you guys have been, and I love listening to her, so I'm excited to read all about it. Well, I'm glad she takes me along. (laughs) I bet you are. (laughs) Undoubtedly. It's 528 on AM Tampa Bay. Representatives. Keeping you up on what's trending. Here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter, Katie Bacino. And Katie, what do we have trending this morning? Well, of course, want to start with a couple national holidays today. Well, not national holidays. Excuse me. National days, according to the National Day calendar. It's kind of like a holiday. Yeah, though. it's not a national holiday. Is it Apple Day? It is not oh, okay. Apple Day. <laughs> national Toasted Marshmallow Day, Ooh. though. I actually just kind of had one of those yesterday. I stuck a marshmallow in the air fryer. Um, I'm just random. You I stick- burnt the crap out of it? No, oh, I yeah. didn't actually. It was really good. Also, <laughs> National Beach Day, so good ah, day. Ah, that's good for here. Yeah. Where's your favorite beach here in the area? Oh, Lord, let's see. I go to Madeira Beach a lot, and I like St. Pete Beach. I like Madeira uh, Beach. I like them all. <laughs> Clearwater Beach, definitely. Clearwater Beach is a win. Nice. I like to drive a little further and go over to Venice. Casperson Beach is my favorite beach. 
I've driven by there, but I've never been there. I mean, I've never been on the beach there. It's really nice. That's where I go and find all my shark's teeth with my little sand sifter ah. tool that I built. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool yeah, little place. Yeah, that's a big deal now, getting those shark's teeth. It is, yeah. I don't. I have nothing to do with them. I just have, like, hundreds of them in a little case. But, you know, I, I guess it's cool to have them. I like to show them off to people when they come over, and nobody ever cares. But I care, so that's <laughs> what's important. Yeah, the poor little sharks with no teeth i know james do you have a favorite <laughs> beach i enjoy apollo beach and believe it or not they actually have a beach now well so. apollo beach yeah. you're right is nice i don't even know where that is that's isn't that that's, apollo yeah, beach over by brandon yeah by riverview they yeah yeah beach there yeah a little apollo beach nature preserve it's over by the tico plant interesting yeah it's yeah. not a real big beach but people go there yeah hmm, i didn't know that I'll straight for sunsets to go there oh i'm always a I sucker for sunsets. I'll have to go there. I love the little Tico power plant where you that's where you can go and see the manatees, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, I love that place. Yep, we go just about every year when the manatee season comes about and they all hang out there. Hundreds and hundreds of them. It's pretty cool. And and the reason they're there, of course, it's in the winter when the water's cold and they go over there because of the warm water coming out of the tico plant keeps yep. it nice and warm definitely so i like to take people there when they come from out of town that they're always mesmerized because they think they're just going to see a couple manatees and there's like hundreds there yeah what else we got so you'll be excited to find out if you're a pumpkin lover that the starbucks fall menu returns today which Woo! means you can get your pumpkin spice latte back on this is the 19th year in a row that Starbucks is doing this, and it's always a hot commodity. You can get it hot, iced, blended, however you want. They got the pumpkin cream cold brew, the apple crisp macchiato, pumpkin cream cheese muffin, which are really good. Their pumpkin cream cheese muffins yeah, are I do like that. so good. You like their pumpkin loaf, too. I've gotten it for you before. It's like yeah. banana bread, but pumpkin, and it is really tasty. But I love that pumpkin latte. Which also... This is not trending. I didn't see this anywhere other than in my mind because I constantly <laughs> stalk. I see it in my mind. <laughs> I have to stock crumble cookies every week. I don't know if I've talked about them here on the show. I bring them for you guys oh, all the time. Incredible! I love you for this. Those yes. giant crumble cookies. I saw yesterday because the second they release their menu for the week, they change their cookies every week. I have to go find it. I have a notification on my phone that tells me they have a pumpkin chocolate chip cookie this oh, wow. week. Pumpkin chocolate chip cookie. I don't know mm. about that one. I don't hmm. know why. What bothers me is that pumpkin is coming back earlier and earlier every year. I said this the other day, but I feel like pumpkin spice everything is going to like start happening in Valentine's Day. They're going to be like, yay, pumpkin's back. I just huh. feel like it gets True. earlier and earlier every year. It used to be like the beginning of October. Now we're ending August and pumpkin spice lattes are back. Well, that'll make the professor, Stephen Callis, happy. He's a Halloweenophile, if there's such a word, and... He loves those pumpkins. <laughs> if you can get pumpkin spice lattes, I'm convinced you can put your uh, Halloween decorations out. So, yay, oh, yeah. Professor. Woo-hoo. Definitely so. It's 541 on AM Tampa Bay, and John Thomas now with the pre-Halloween traffic. Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 5.44 on AM Tampa Bay, and um, I see you've got a story down here about a a guy who bought a uh, $3.5 million 
lotto ticket from Publix, a 70-year-old man. So lucky. Must be nice. I'm trying to find this story here. They, You remember the, well, the one-and-a-third billion-dollar lotto that we had? Well, it was with Mega Millions a couple of weeks ago, and they had a winner. It was actually almost a month ago, and it was a, an Illinois ticket holder, and this guy has not come forward. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure. I I think up there though they could still re- uh, remain anonymous at least. But well, Mega Millions allows winners to remain anonymous if they choose to do so. Um, sometimes to afford the negative attention or the solicitations have to go through the roof. Right. If somebody knows you've got that kind of money, but oh yeah, you'll find uncles that you've never heard of before. But the winning ticket for the historic jackpot has not been claimed. And, um, the director of the Illinois lottery said, we don't know whether or not they even know that they want a prize. And they said they encourage everybody to check your tickets. Uh, the winning ticket was sold at a place called the Speedy Cafe Speedway Gas Station in De Plain, Illinois. And they're encouraging regular players to double check their numbers. And if the prize goes unclaimed for one year, the money's returned to each state that participates in Mega Millions. Uh, and also, the uh, winner has 60 days to decide whether to get the money in a lump sum or an annuity. Um, and individual states can have public disclosure laws that require the identity of winners to be published, but Illinois does not. And uh, according to a personal finance expert, taking all your lotto winnings at once leads to greater problems than tax-induced headaches. They say most people want to take a lump sum. They want their money up front, even though they know they're going to get a 40% hit when they take the lump sum. But uh, they just want to get it like that. But taking installments over 30 years has a couple of major advantages. Winners get the full payment, first of all. You don't just get a, about three-quarters of it. So you don't get taxed on it, though? You have to get still get taxed on it, right? Yeah, but you get taxed a little at a time. Yeah. You don't get taxed as one lump sum when they take out a quarter of That's it. That's Boom. But they learn from, they say... The most important thing getting the installments is you learn from early mistakes that could arise from sudden wealth, as they call it. And he noted that taking the lump sum if handled well does have its distinct advantages and that it provides a greater return on investment. And if an investor can add 3 to 5% value on it, and I know uh, the folks where I deal with in investments and things like that, figure at some point you can get 5%, but anywhere from 3 to 5%. And you can add 3 to 5% value. They're saying roughly that would be $650 million. Um, But anyway. I know there's people out there that just live off of dividends alone. 
you know, oh, from yeah. the stock market, which is incredible. I'd love to make the stock market work for me like that. Oh, I know. And, of course, you got problems, as we're going to find out a little later on this morning from uh, Jay Ratliff. I know. Things aren't looking good. The market has been going down and down and down, but... Don't look at your 401k. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they say that you're better off taking the 30-year annuity payments, which I'd never thought about that. I always check out Mega Millions and Powerball and then figure out, you know, go to the what they pay right up front right. and then drop off one quarter of it for taxes to see how much you have left and how much you'd have if you invested. See, I think with I think with the payments, Jack. Though I mean, it's pretty much it's about self control. I think when you find or yourself with a lot of money, you're going to go crazy with that money. All all right off the bat, there's a lot of lottery winners that have lost everything within just maybe five years. Yeah, but it's the best way, according to the experts, to take the thirty year annuity payments. Right. So from now on, when I daydream about winning that thing, I'm going to daydream about getting the uh, annuity payments. There you go. It's 5.50 on AM Tampa Bay, and John Thomas has got our traffic. Jack, Katie, and James, every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it is 5.53 on AM Tampa Bay, and Roy O'Neill joining us now. And this report's brought to you by the Oncology Institute. And, Rory, this thing with President Trump uh, goes on and on. And what impact is that expected to have on his run for the presidency again? Yeah, well, it's all a question now of whether or not criminal charges are going to be filed. You know, we've gotten almost unprecedented access to this search warrant. Uh, Some of the affidavit being released, a lot of it redacted. Uh, but, you know, that's not something you normally get to see unless there are criminal charges filed. And, you know, there's more, a lot of focus this week now is turning to that truth social social media site that uh, President Trump has been trying to launch. You know, there are some financial problems. Uh, some vendors are claiming they haven't been paid and are owed more than a million dollars. And, you know, he's even had trouble with the patent office. Uh, you know, somebody else already, or actually two other companies, already have the name Truth Social, so he's even having trouble getting a, getting a name for his new industry. Mm. So his social network isn't making it. I thought that after the uh, raid on Del Mar that they would, uh, well, it would pick up the amount of traffic he had on it. Yeah. yeah. The other issue, too, is, you know, they have, so there are really some, the way the whole thing has been structured you know, it's behind-the-scenes computer stuff that I don't really understand all of it either. But uh, the framework of it essentially is in trouble, and it only is available to people who have Apple phones. It's not available on the Android system that uh, Samsung and Google phones and so many others operate on. Uh, you know, so that's about half the phone, 45% of uh, phone users can't even access Truth Social on their cell phones uh, because it's only for Apple right now. Well, new consumer confidence data that's supposed to be released today, uh, they say fewer adults say they're now living paycheck to paycheck. So are people beginning to restore confidence in the economy now? 
Yeah, you know, we've seen this consumer confidence number fall every month. I think for the past six months, it's been falling, tick, tick, down, down, down. But because gas prices have been coming down these past two months, uh, they're expecting maybe the consumer confidence number will be flat or even start to turn up a little bit. And as you said, there's another group that asks people, you know, who are living paycheck to paycheck, how you doing? Well, that number has come down a little bit as well. It was at 61%, now down to 59%. So, you know, that, that's sort of within the margin, but still very high and higher than it was a year ago. And it especially hurts uh, people who making less than $50,000 a year. About three quarters of that population now lives paycheck to paycheck. Hmm. Well, let's hope we don't go into a deep recession. That's what we can hope for at this point, but... Rory, thanks for joining us, and we will be talking to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. Talk to you then. Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio reporter, and this report brought to you by the Oncology Institute, a new kind of cancer care provider focused on clinical outcome, patient satisfaction, and designing a treatment plan that's right for you. And there's six locations in the Bay Area. Make an appointment at the oncologyinstitute.com. It's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. Good morning. It is AM Tampa Bay presenting Vente Information and Grande Fun. Those used to be terms from Starbucks describing the size of your coffee, but it's Cracker Jack and Judicious James, an incredibly cute and keenly capable Katie. And it's coming up seven minutes after six on AM Tampa Bay. We got some birthdays, first of all. And if there's somebody's birthday you want to celebrate, give us a call and we'll get it on the air here and tell Katie who it might be. Meanwhile, uh, we've got Sherry Weisenhunt. Sherry Weisenhunt. Uh, Jackie Barron, that used to be on WFLA-TV, and Yvonne Yoli-Capen, a, a former Tampa City Councilwoman. So those are the only three I have. What do you all have? I have my Aunt Cindy's birthday today, so happy birthday to her. Liana Aker, who I went to high school with, Jeff Geiger, Jr., Alan Vanden Legenberg and Kayla Giamarino. Vanden Legenberg. It is a really long oh. last name. That is <laughs> Vanden Legenberg. I like that. I am like ninety-eight percent sure I said his last name correctly. That's cool. It's <laughs> like three last names combined. Vanden yeah. Legenberg. And I've just got Kylie Snyder. Something simple. Well, a happy birthday to them, one and all. And uh, I'm a little bitter with my aunt. Apparently, she's having like a big Olive Garden birthday dinner tonight, and I was not invited. I was told that by my grandma. Just yesterday. show up, right? <laughs> I should crash it, right? I should be invited. I would invite her to my birthday dinner. It's rude. Apparently, she's not as nice as you. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> well, here's one. Doctor was a regular at the local tavern, just down the road from the hospital, and every afternoon. After he'd leave his shift, he'd go faithfully to the tavern and order his favorite drink, a walnut daiquiri. And the doctor was very punctual, 6.20 every day, and the bartender could set his watch on the time of his arrival. And one day, the bartender ran out of walnuts, 
and it was getting close to 6.20, he poked around and found an old package of hickory nuts, and they'd have to do, and he ground them up, made the drink just in time. Doc got there at 6.20 and sat down at his usual spot at the bar, and the bartender immediately handed him his cocktail, and the doc took one sip and then spit it out, slammed the glass down, made a face, and sputtered, What the heck is this? This isn't a walnut daiquiri. Uh, and the bartender said, Well, I'm sorry, we're out of walnuts. That's a hickory daiquiri, Doc. <laughs> you have to have heard that old thing. Hickory dickory, hickory, how'd they go? Hickory, hickory dickory, dickory doc, doc. The mouse, the went mouse up, ran but... up the clock. The clock struck one and down he run. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. Hickory dickory, doc. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard that, James? I have, yeah. I just normally can't remember it either. <laughs> Katie, do you have a joke? I do. What do you call a duck that gets good grades? Uh, let's see. Duck that gets good grades. Smart duck. Uh, a wise quacker. A wise oh. quacker. <laughs> I've got a quick one, Jack. So okay, it's a knock knock joke. So be ready. Here I'm we ready. go. Knock knock. Who's there? A little old lady. A uh, little old lady who? Hey, you can yodel. <laughs> little old lady who? <laughs> oh, pretty good stuff. It's 610 on AM Tampa Bay, and John Thomas now with traffic. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history is presented by the Duncan Duo. Today in history, August 30th, in 1800, Gabriel Prosser postponed a planned slave rebellion in Richmond, Virginia, but he's arrested before it could happen. In 1813, the Creek War, Fort Men's Massacre, uh, Creek Red Sticks kill over 500 settlers, including over 250 armed militia in Fort Mims, that's north of Mobile, Alabama. In 1836, the city of Houston is founded by Augustus Chapman Allen and John Kirby Allen. In 1862, the American Civil War, the Battle of Richmond, Confederates under Edmund Kirby Smith rout Union forces under General William Bull Nelson. In 1909, Burgess Shale fossils are discovered by Charles Doolittle Walcott. He was famous for all of his fossil finds. 1916, Ernest Shackleton completes the rescue of all of his men stranded on Elephant Island in Antarctica. In 1936, the RMS Queen Mary wins the Blue Riband by setting the fastest transatlantic crossing. 1945, the Supreme Commander of Allied Forces, General Douglas MacArthur, lands at Atsugi Air Force Base. I got to see him one time when I was in Japan in 46 and 47. He was a little kid, a very tiny kid. Um, in, let's see, 1945, 
the Allied Control Council governing Germany after World War II comes into being. In 1963, the Moscow-Washington hotline between the leaders of the U.S. and the Soviet Union goes into operation. In 1967, Thurgood Marshall is confirmed as the first African-American justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. The vacancy owing to the stepping down of Justice Clark has named to its august body Thurgood Marshall, the first of his race so honored. Very good. Where did you find that one? I just browsed to the web. Oh, that's a good one. 1984 STS-41D, the Space Shuttle Discovery, takes off on its maiden voyage. 1991, dissolution of the Soviet Union. Azerbaijan declares independence from the Soviet Union. And, of course, that's Russia now. It's in conflict with the Ukrainians. 1992, the 11-day Ruby Ridge standoff ends with Randy Weaver surrendering, surrendering to federal authorities. And in 2021, the last remaining American troops leave Afghanistan, ending U.S. involvement in the war. In 1936, Congress authorizes the deepening of the Egmont Bar and Main Channels. That would be leading to the port of Tampa. And that's our Today in History. By the way, I do have uh, another thing here. Let me see if I can find it regarding history of uh, the Tampa Bay area. We've got the NASA Artemis program moving forward and sending people back to the moon. It'll be nice once it actually happens. Oh, yeah, definitely so. A few more years, we'll get to go. But many years ago, there was a fictional moonshot, and it featured Tampa. And it's a story written by the early science fiction writer Jules Verne, who is, well, he's most, most famous for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. But a lot of people are surprised to learn that a street in Tampa is named for Jules Verne, and, well, a park in South Tampa was once named for him. Were you all aware of Jules Verne Avenue? No. No, where is it at? It's in Ballast Point. Oh, wow. Um, but anyway, the street, Jules Verne Court, um, is in Ballast Point, and Ballast Point was once called Jules Verne Park, and the naming comes from Verne's... 1865 book called From the Earth to the Moon, which described Tampa Town, uh, that of Old Tampa Bay on the northwest and Hillsborough Bay on the northeast, which is where we are right now, I'm quoting here, uh, that Jules Verne wrote. And in Verne's book, A Mission to the Moon blasted off from Tampa Town. And as far as a town that had a place to offer a launching pad, Tampa, they felt, made the most sense. This is according to uh, Rodney Kite Powell, who is a history authority at uh, Tampa Bay History Center. But Vern believed that a site with water around it would be safest for a moon launch, and Central Florida made sense, and the state's east-central coast was 
sparsely populated 125 years ago, but Tampa was already on maps of the day, so that's where the moonshot went from, from Tampa Town. Incredible. According to Jules Verne. It's 6.20 on AM Tampa Bay, and time now to check in with John Thomas and Earthbound Traffic. On air and online at WFLANews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. 624. By the way, I forgot to mention this day in history was presented by the Duncan Duo. Now you can get your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now. Join the DuncanDuo.com. And joined now by Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter. And Aaron, there's a new study that says housing prices might be falling by 20%. And they say this is happening in 183 cities. I can't imagine that would be here in the Bay Area, but where is it happening and why? Yes, that's a great question. So it's it's actually happening in the cities where you saw these boom towns, the bubble markets, Phoenix, Boise, and, and housing prices, I mean, dipping as much as 20% in more than 180 markets nationwide. This is really interesting because it's happening as the economy falls into this deeper recession. And it's just so overvalued, the market. Interest rates were so low for so long. People were picking up so many homes, particularly in these tertiary cities that didn't really cater to the businesses that people were able to work in that were able to move there because they could move remotely. And now that people are slowly moving back into the office, it's it's kind of a problem. But what's interesting is that uh, this survey was done by Moody's and they told Fortune that they believe housing prices in the whole of the U.S. will either remain the same or fall as as 5% in the next six months. So that's a lot very soon. And the firm believes that Boise specifically was the market that was most overvalued overvalued by 72% while Charlotte wow. was overvalued second at 66%. Also Austin, Texas, that market was overvalued by 61% as opposed to its true value. So it, again, it's these kind of bubbly markets that saw a huge boom during the pandemic that are beginning to readjust. Well, I guess uh, this is great for the benefit of those who are looking for housing. Uh, it is. It is. However, if you need to sell your home and you live in one of these markets, your home might have just dropped by 72% as well. So if you intend to move to them, it's wonderful. But if not, it could be a more difficult circumstance for some people. Mm, that's tough. By the way, some U.S. schools, and I find this hard to believe, but they're now offering virtual classes permanently, something we had during the covid and are parents preferring online classes? Um, for the most part, no. But yes, they are an option in many places. Actually, school districts in Texas, New York, and California, which have some of the largest school children in the school districts, they're creating these permanent full-time virtual schools. And this is for the first time ever. Obviously, it got a test run and gained a ton of steam during the pandemic. So now that people are moving back to schools, it seems like it's here to stay. But what's interesting is that Rancorp did a survey, and they found that only 6% of the students who were surveyed chose virtual classes among the districts, and this is as of 2021. So it's kind of like homeschooling. While it does work for some, it's not for everybody, and and you can't underestimate the social-emotional value that one gets from being in a traditional school environment. 
I was going to say they miss an awful lot by, you know, the experience of being with classmates and things like that. It just seems like, I don't know, that they miss a lot from school. They uh, finish up with not a real school experience like other kids have had. You're right. And, you know, studies have shown that students in virtual programs, they suffer greater academic setbacks. Uh, this was during the height of the pandemic, and that's compared to those in face-to-face classes. Teachers have also blamed behavioral problems on remote learning. So it's not for everyone, but uh, they say for children with extreme social anxiety or whose families might be moving, um, if someone in the family is in a really precarious situation in terms of their health. One example was a mother in Dallas who's sending her daughter to virtual school because she has a two-year-old son who was born premature and is on a ventilator. And, and is in danger of getting sick. So everyone's circumstance is different, and homeschooling works for some. It doesn't work for others, and it's not what most people do. I think virtual learning seems to be a similar track for a lot of people. Yeah, well, Aaron Royal will talk to you tomorrow, our NBC News radio reporter. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Have At a great day. 629 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 637, also Katie Bacino and James Berlander. And Katie, who's our dope of the day? Well, his name is Moses Rios Avila, and I'm putting a video of him on the blog right now. It'll be up in like a minute. But he was seen on Ring Doorbell dropping off a DoorDash order, which is nice. He's bringing the customer their food. This was in Kissimmee. And um, they got a not nice treat. The DoorDash driver ended up stealing a package off their porch. I don't know why people don't think to look before they steal packages of ring doorbells. Like, everyone has one now. Every... Okay, I'll say not you're every on house. Video. Yeah, yeah, a lot on of video. a lot of houses. If you don't have it, your neighbor has one. A lot of people have security around their house, and that wasn't it. This was one of those communities where you have to go through a gate, and they have cameras. So the HOA security also got his tag number, so cops Good. were able to track him down. So I'm watching him. He he goes and he looks at the package. He drops down the food, looks at and picks it up and swipes it. Yeah, he dropped off the customer's food. He didn't steal that. He just then stole an Amazon package, and then when cops caught up with him, because again his tag was shared by the HOA security they he told the cops that he did it as a prank wow oh. and if you if you notice though during the video he stops and he turns around and looks at the second package thinking eh, maybe I should take all of them yeah crazy he's <laughs> just a dope it oh, sucks what a dope it sucks getting packages delivered and having them stolen. Yeah. Porch it, pirates, man. It happens a lot. <laughs> yes, indeed. Especially here in Florida. I don't know if this happens as much around the country, but I feel like all the time we are highlighting porch pirates. <laughs> well, that's our dope of the day. And we've got our song of the day here now. James has found it. Uh, our listener sent this in and said, hey, they did a song about the president a long time ago. Are you going to sing along with it? Um, let's see. I'll, uh, I'll consider it. All right. I guess it's called I'm Biden My Time. Yeah, that's it. It was, uh, written by George and Ira Gershwin back in the early 20th century, way before even I was born. But I'm Biden My Time, cause that's the kind of guy I am. Well, I love 
southern folks grown dizzy, I keep busy, biding my time. Next year, next year, something's bound to happen. This year, this year, I'll just keep on napping and biding my time. Cause that's the kind of guy I'm. There's no regretting when I'm a setting. Ah, uh, yeah, not bad. The uh, president had a song about him back before he was even born. Yeah. <laughs> I'm biding my time, George and Ira Gershwin. It's 641 on AM Tampa Bay and time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. Monitoring every tick of the market. Here's Jay Ratliff, day trading expert on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And it's 644. Jay, we know that the uh, market is having a tough time right now. It's been going down a lot. Um, and I understand from what you've written here, September is thought to be the worst month of the year for stocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, there's a popular saying you and I have discussed over the years about sell in May and go away. That's a popular saying that many investors use because the months of May through uh September can be slow. Now, obviously, my students and I don't subscribe to that, uh, but we do know September and February are the two months of the year where we have seen, on average, negative returns. And if you go back to 1945, the month that has the the softest return as far as the market uh, movement, it's the month of September, clearing away. So as we go into this, we're thinking, you know, the market's been struggling a bit, and, and now we're getting ready to roll into the the typically the the worst uh, investment month of the year from a performance standpoint. So that's kind of one of the reasons we're not seeing a whole lot of optimism as we're rolling uh, towards uh, flipping the calendar. But it's the reality, and we'll see. There's certainly a lot of things going on right now, Jack, that are not what we would call typical, and you talk about those every day. But still, it uh, it's the time of year and the things that are going on. Uh, we could certainly see some more market softness uh, throughout the month of September. And we've got a uh, housing market slowdown, and that seems to be making an impact as well. And it's starting to to really have uh, some influence on Wall Street because we saw 63,000 home purchases that were canceled in July. It's about 16% of the houses that were under contract that month. And when you see that number of canceled contracts in more than two years, it's showing that uh, the, the housing market that was on fire has really started to slow or is continuing to slow would be a better way to, to word it. You have a lot of people that are trying to sell homes now thinking that they want to get the price that they were going to be after three or six months ago, and certainly that's not the case. But uh, as the housing market goes many times, it's a pretty good uh, indication of how things are going on uh, within the, just the economy as you look at uh, the average American's uh, situation. And obviously with inflation and all the the, the rising interest rates and the other challenges that are taking place right now, uh, it, it is one thing after another. And for a lot of people, the idea of paying more for a home right now, there simply uh, is not an option they're willing to consider. Now, question for you, Jay. This is James. Mm-hmm. Um, James. I, I own a home here in Tampa Bay, and uh, I'm always monitoring the equity in it, You know, using the, yeah. the Zestimate on Zillow.com and such. I've noticed, it, yeah, definitely the value is now dropping according to their estimate. How much... Can we expect it to drop? 
Well, it can continue for for some time, and obviously, we've been told. I was told my whole life that uh, you know your your home shouldn't be considered a primary investment because of the fact that the price can fluctuate so much. But I'll be I'll be honest, James. Growing up, I ignored it because all I saw were home prices going up and up and up and up. And I'm right. thinking, gosh, you know. But then what happens is when you have a dip and it happens. Sometimes you can see that that equity in the home drop by you know twenty, thirty, forty percent sometimes during some extreme times. Wow. But uh, it, it's it, it's going to continue because as we're seeing the market go right now, um, it, it's almost expected. And when you see just how much some of these uh, housing, uh, the prices soared, and certainly the state of Florida saw a lot of that, uh, it, it's pretty clear that you're going to start to see it cool off just a bit and drop back. Now, how much? That's anybody's guess at this point in time. But, you know, it's a lot like the uh, your stock portfolio. Going to Zillow.com, which is a site I like as well, to see what's going on with the, the value of your home and those around you uh, is a lot like looking at your portfolio on a daily basis. You don't, right. you don't want to do that because you're going to have good days as it goes up and bad days as it goes down, and you always want to look at things from a long-term perspective. One other thing, the August jobs report expected on Friday – and are we expecting that to be a good or bad one? Well, you know, the, they're looking. The consensus right now is about three hundred thousand jobs created last month. Now, the July jobs report uh, was much higher than expected, exceeded expectations, and the markets actually saw a sell-off. And the sell-off took place because there were fears that that kind of a move in the employment could cause the Fed to be more aggressive as they raised interest rates, trying to stay ahead of inflation. And Jack, right now, that those same concerns are with us this week, which is why at 8.30 on Friday, if you see a number that is beyond 300,000, most people are going to look at that, hey, that's good news, but why is, the, is there a bit of a sell-off on Wall Street? Because of those fears that the Fed is going to have to become even more aggressive than what they've been right now. And currently, that's not baked into the, the future of the market, which means people would have to adjust, and that's one of the reasons that we could see the sell-off. So it's going to be an interesting time as we approach the end of the week. Well, before you do any investing, you want to go to daytradefund.com, and Jay will talk to you again on Thursday. Looking forward to it. Thank you. All right. It's 649 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check out traffic with John Thomas. The latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. At 654. And you got to check out our blog here now. Katie's gotten some good stuff up here. The uh, the one she mentioned earlier. Yeah, the, the video, dope of the day. The what? The dope of the day. Yeah, the uh, video doorbell capturing uh, Florida DoorDash driver stealing a customer's package. You know, anybody ought to know today, when you get around a house, there are going to be cameras somewhere. But... He was not aware of that. And a child seen walking through the park with an alligator on a leash. Crazy. Just a normal thing. I still can't believe that did not come out of Florida. Yeah, we got all the crocodiles and alligators down in the Everglades. Do you remember the other day, I think you were here when I was talking about this, how they had that contest for America's favorite pet, and there was an emotional support alligator leading the contest? Yeah, yeah. That alligator is the one in that video. I found that out yesterday. I didn't know that when I put it up, but that emotional support alligator who's in the contest is the same one. So was it walking around the park and just giving everyone a hug? 
I'm guessing so. I'm guessing they were doing some type of promotion for the alligator, trying to get people to ask questions so they could be like, hey, vote for us. I doubt if you could take them on a plane as a comfort animal or whatever. I saw someone take a peacock on a plane one day as an emotional support alligator, so I would not be surprised. (laughs) I got to check this out, but Jamie Foxx doing an incredible impersonation of Donald Trump. You will appreciate that video so much. It is so funny. He does such a good job. And, of course, you get a chance to see Katie, beautiful Katie, uh, in an ice bath challenge. I don't know how you did that, Katie. I would have frozen my butt off. Had it not been 100 degrees outside, literally, I don't think I would have made it. Hmm. Well, anyway, you can check it all out at AM champabay.com amchampabay.com by the way we've got gas prices now what's happening here current average is 360 yeah they're going back up um well it's down from the day before a half cent uh. but it's up 17 cents from a week ago and yet down 35 cents from a month ago and up 73 cents from a year ago so it's kind of bouncing around. Uh, the highest ever was back on June 13th this year. It's down a dollar thirty from that. So it has been going down for the most part. And I know here on uh, Gandhi Boulevard, the stations I come by on the way to work, there are four of them. Uh, it's three fifty-five and three sixty is the current average. So we got a little lower. You want to come to Gandhi Boulevard for sure. By the way, I'm not going to be able to be here uh, Thursday. I want to point out to my good friends with um, Mountaineers that they are going to be having, let's see, when is their game is on Thursday. Um, They take on the Pitt Panthers, first game of the season. That's their big rival at every West Virginia game. Everybody's cheering. Beat the hell out of Pitt. Hey, beat the hell out of Pitt. Hey. <laughs> and regardless of what game, who they're playing, because that's your big rivalry every year. And then this year, it's the first game of the year. But every year, all the West Virginia fans get together a beef O'Brady's for it. So they'll be out there and want to wish them the best from my old alma mater. And it's 658 on AM Tampa Bay. Live it up.